0: Let's pretend you're on a game show. Here is the one million dollar question. Who is James Patterson's publisher? Want to use a lifeline? The clue is it is one of the big five publishing companies. Time's up. Were you able to guess? The correct answer is Little Brown, an imprint of Hachette. Now chances are you didn't know the answer. Why? because the author's brand is what readers care about, not the publisher's brand. We all know who James Patterson is, but the difference between Hachette and Random House is the stuff of literary agents and industry insiders. Readers don't care, and most authors don't care either. So this means you, as the author, have to develop a good brand. Or should you develop a big brand first? Those things are not the same. So what is the difference between a good brand and a big brand? And more importantly, how do you develop a brand that is both big and good? Find out in this episode of Novel Marketing, the longest running book marketing podcast in the world. I'm Thomas Umstead, Jr., CEO of Author Media, and this is the show for writers who want to build their platform, sell more books, and make a living writing books worth talking about. So a big brand is being well-known or being famous. These are names you recognize, names like J.K. Rowling, Stephen King, and Jerry Jenkins, and of course, Brandon Sanderson. (laughs) Now, typically, fame is an indication of past success. That could be previous books, like J.K. Rowling. It could be success in business, like Simon Sinek. It could be success in politics, like the New York Times bestselling novelist, Bill Clinton. He got famous by being president, and that led to success in publishing. It could be success in academia. No one knew who Daniel Kahneman was until he won his Nobel Prize, and it was the Nobel Prize that led to the New York Times bestselling success. Or it could even be having good ancestors, which is the case of Prince Harry. Prince Harry has done nothing to earn his success and his fame other than being born into the royal family. Now, on the other hand, having a small brand is being unknown. In fact, most authors fit in this category. Few people know who they are outside of their private circle of friends and family. So almost everyone starts off with a small brand. And you may think, if only I had inherited a large brand from my ancestors, or if I had a famous father, things would be easier. But that is not the blessing that you think it is. (laughs) There's a lot to be said about practicing in obscurity. It's very difficult to do something when everyone knows that your ancestors did it well. So how do you develop a big brand, assuming that you don't have famous parents? Well, there are a lot of ways to get famous. So I'm going to give you a bunch of suggestions very quickly. Many of these we have other episodes about. So one is to publish regularly. The more your books are in the conversation, the more buzz there will be about your writing. If your last book came out three years ago, everyone tends to forget who you are. Having a strong book launch is a really good way to build your brand. An effective book launch makes your brand a little bit bigger every time, and each successful launch leads to an even more successful launch. In fact, I would say this is the most common technique used by most authors is they write a great book, and then they launch it well, and then they stop marketing it after about two months and they write the next book and they launch that book well <laughs> and they rinse and repeat and it's just launch 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 now that's not the only tactic though you could spend a lot of money on advertising you can put your name and your face and your book cover in front of a lot of strangers you could also spend a lot of money on in-store placement so bookstores if you've ever been curious how to get listed in a bookstore the slots are for sale <laughs> you can pay money to get shelled in the bookstore and it can get premium placement. It's pretty pricey, but you can spend that money. Some bookstores will even accept that money from an independently published author. Another way to get famous is to embrace controversy. If you put yourself in the middle of a firestorm, you're getting all of that delicious attention. And another way to do this is to attach yourself to breaking news or, or breaking events. So take the opportunity if news is happening around you, To put yourself in the middle of that story or go seek it out. There's some people who really have a nose for this, and they have a way of making every news story somehow be about them, or at least they try to do it. You can also do lots of media interviews. So another good way to become more well-known is to do a lot of media interviews on various kinds of media. I recommend starting with podcasts, one, because it's the easiest to get started. You don't need to hire a, a PR firm, and you don't need to fly around the country, but It's also the biggest medium. So while podcasts are really easy to get started, the biggest podcasts are bigger than the biggest television programs. So being on Joe Rogan will impact your sales more than being on Good Morning America. Joe Rogan's authors typically go straight to the top 100 anytime he has an author on his show whereas Good Morning America it's very hit and miss and often authors will see almost no spike at all or only a one-day spike being on Good Morning America partly because of the nature of TV is very vapid it's very kind of ephemeral it's here today and gone tomorrow and and people forget about it whereas podcasts are recorded people are listening to the recording they can rewind And they tend to be paying more attention. But TV is good too. Radio is good. Any kind of media will help you become more famous. And then finally, write the kind of book that gets people talking. (laughs) The more people talk about your book with word of mouth, the more famous you will be. And the more famous you are, the better, quote unquote, your book will be. And you're like, what? Well, reading a book that your friends are also reading is more fun than reading a book that no one else has read. And so... There is a effect where a book feels better because of what's known as the network effect, because all your friends are reading it and now you have something to talk about next time you see them. So that's having a big brand, but it's not the same as a good brand. So what is the difference between a big brand and a good brand? Well, the better known you are, the more books you tend to sell, right? This is the rationale behind the phrase, there's no such thing as bad publicity, right? Because Any kind of publicity makes your brand bigger, but it doesn't necessarily make your brand better, although sometimes it has no effect. So another way to phrase this is, who can boycott you? And the boycott actually works, right? Every time J.K. Rowling gets boycotted or is in the news for political stuff, sales of her Harry Potter books go up, right? This was true in the 90s when it was conservatives, boycotting her book. And it's true today as it is progressives boycotting her book. The Harry Potter video game, you know, very famous boycott. Everyone was buzzing about it. People were getting canceled for playing it online. It is currently the number one best-selling video game of 2023. So the boycott did not work. The real question though is why are the boycotts ineffective? And it all has to do with her brand. Why? Because J.K. Rowling was being true to her brand. Part of her brand is that she is a radical feminist. This is what the conservatives in the 90s don't like. And this is what the progressives today don't like. And so getting criticized for being a radical feminist only enforces her brand promise. It makes her more true to who she is. And so that kind of criticism doesn't undermine sales because most people don't really care. (laughs) And the people who do have already made up their decision. It's not like someone was surprised, but like, I had no idea JK Rowling was a radical feminist. She's been a radical feminist for decades. <laughs> this is not new knowledge. Anyone who's read her books can see the feminist strains in the writing. Remember, a brand is just a modern word for reputation. So you can be well known or obscure. That's part of your reputation, but you can also have a good reputation or a bad reputation. A good reputation is that you're well-liked by your readers. A bad reputation is that you are not liked by your readers. And the phrase here, your readers, is key, right? There are people who very much dislike J.K. Rowling. For them, she has a bad brand. In fact, every time I bring her up, somebody emails me angrily <laughs> because they're very offended that I would mention J.K. Rowling in any kind of positive light but I'm a marketing show. This is a marketing podcast. We look at people who are successful and we look at things that move the numbers in terms of sales. So what would turn a good brand into a bad brand? Breaking your promises. So the classic example from current day in the news is Bud Light, right? Bud Light had a promise that it was the every man's beer. It was the brand of sports, inappropriate dad jokes, and America. It was a kind of generic brand, not one that people had a strong opinion of, but one that they had a deep opinion of. Somebody said, light beer is for people who don't like beer, but want to drink a lot of it. (laughs) So uh, what people are really drinking is the brand. So the brand is really important. And then Bud Light recently tried to reposition themselves as, how can I put this, Uh, what Arnold Schwarzenegger would call a girly man's beer, right? They broke their promise of being an everyman's beer and became the girly man's beer. And the collapse of Bud Light sales is not really due to a political boycott, or at least not nearly as much as the pundits would like you to believe, because most people don't care about politics, especially the kind of people who drink Bud Light. They work the kinds of jobs where they're not online. They're not checking Twitter all the time and keeping up with the current drama and what the other side is saying and how wrong they are. They're working real jobs outside (laughs) with their hands, and they don't really care or pay attention about that sort of thing, and their consumption of media is greatly reduced but they don't want a beer that makes a political statement one way or the other because they don't care. Remember, something like 40% of people don't vote for president and something like 80% of people don't vote in their local races, right? So most people don't care about politics most of the time and they don't want their beer to say something about politics. Now, other kinds of beer are very political. That's a part of their brand promise and they attract that kind of person from the beginning. And so who thinks your brand is good is really important. And this goes back to what I've been talking about lately on the podcast about picking a Timothy. So in that survey that we sent out, I got a lot of really good feedback. And the number one topic people wanted me to talk more about was branding. And I realized that as I was talking about Timothy, I didn't explain that picking a Timothy is a branding act. (laughs) In fact, it is like the core element of making your brand a good brand. Because knowing who your reader is tells you whose rules you need to follow. If you're writing erotica and the cozy romance readers boycott your book, it won't impact sales. And in fact, it might even help sales, right? Because erotica readers are looking for that kind of spicy erotica that has the cozy readers all up in arms, right? And so knowing who you're writing to is really important. Because you can't write to both, right? You can't write a romance that both appeals to the spicy erotica readers and that appeals to cozy romance readers because what they're looking for in a story is not the same. And you may be like, but it's both romance, right? Surely romance readers just read whatever. It's like, no, you are picking a target reader. And as you write books for that reader, those books are making a promise that your next books are going to be like the ones you've already written. If you've been writing cozy romances and then you write an erotica... The cozy romance readers will be angry and they will feel like you have broken your brand promise and vice versa. If you've been writing erotica and then you write a cozy romance, the erotica readers will be unhappy. And what is true in romance is true in pretty much all of the genres. You need to know your reader and know your genre so you know what promises – you need to make to appeal to them be careful with what promises you make with your brand because you get locked in readers expect more of what you've given them and this is a a real frustration for beginning authors because they just want to write what's on their heart they want to write because it's fun they're a hobbyist and that's fine but as you transition to being a professional you end up getting very often shoehorned into writing the kind of thing that's most resonant for your readers And if you're traditionally published, you get really pressured by your publishing company to keep writing what's working. You can make minor tweaks and move to some adjacent genres occasionally, but you have to keep producing a certain number of books that pay the bills because the more successful you are, the more people's bills that you pay, right? A book that sells 100,000 copies at $10 a copy is a million dollars. That million dollars is being split up between hundreds of people who are relying on that money for their income, right? It's not all going to the author. It's going to the printer. It's going to the truck driver who drives the books to the store. It's going to the store. It's going to the retailer and so on. So people need your books to continue to be successful, which means they need you to be true to your brand. So how do you make your brand a good brand? Well, the first step is to pick a Timothy, (laughs) pick a specific reader who it is your goal to thrill. They're the person at the back of the room that you're raising your voice to reach. And if you can reach that person, you can reach everyone in between. And then work on your craft until you are able to write Timothy's absolute favorite book, his new favorite book. He's like, finally, oh my gosh, thank you so much. I love this book. This is my favorite book. And then keep writing. And after you write that first favorite book, write his new favorite book, right? Pick a narrow genre, stay in it, thrill Timothy. If you do this, he won't shut up about you. Focus on making each launch bigger than the last. And what you'll find is that by making your brand good, you will also make your brand big. The more you thrill your target reader, the more word of mouth will spread. And so, Making your brand big also makes it good because people want to read what their friends are reading, but making your brand good can also help make it big because people talk about what they're enjoying. So this is a virtuous cycle. To him who has readers, more readers will be given. To him who does not have readers, even what readers he thinks he has will get tired and move to a different author. This is why... There's such a disparity between successful authors who are making millions of dollars and authors who are making dozens of dollars because of this virtuous cycle and because most authors, frankly, don't have the discipline to either get good enough to write Timothy's favorite book or to be focused enough to keep writing that kind of book because it's very easy to get bored and, and want to do the new thing. So I have in the blog version of this podcast episode, my brand quality matrix. So in the top left is a big brand that's a bad brand. It's famous and disliked. And then in the top right, we have famous and adored. In the bottom right, we have obscure and adored. And then in the bottom left, we have obscure and disliked. I think it's difficult to be in the bottom left because people can only dislike you If they know you exist. (laughs) So most authors will fall in one of these other three categories and knowing where you need to work and where you need to put your focus in terms of branding, whether it's getting bigger or getting better, will help you build the kind of brand that helps you sell a lot of books. If you want some help with making your brand bigger, I have an entire module on branding inside of my course, Obscure No More. We go into a lot of depth, step-by-step instructions on how to build your brand, how to become more famous, how to become more resonant, and how to connect your brand with your writing, with your reader. It's a really effective session. It gets a lot of comments from the students as they're going through it, and I encourage you to check it out. You can learn more about our courses at authormedia.com slash courses, and don't forget that June 2023 is Patron Appreciation Month. I'm giving away a free copy of my course, Publishing A to Z. This publishing will teach you how to get published, both as a traditional author, going through the process of getting an agent and an editor and doing that process based off of my experience being a literary agent. And it also teaches you how to independently publish your book based off of my experience independently publishing my own book. If you're wanting to get published and you're not sure what the next step is, this course will get you unstuck. The course normally costs $300, but right now you can get it for free just by becoming a patron. And if you're already a patron, it's already yours for free. Just go to patreon.com slash novel marketing to either become a patron, or if you're already a patron, to unlock the course. You do need to claim it before the end of June 2023. So for those of you listening in the future, I'm sorry, the price has gone back up to its price of $299. Let me know what you think of this format. One of the things that came up in the listener survey was that listeners were wanting shorter episodes. So, this is a new shorter episode. So, I'm not going into as much detail, I'm not giving as many examples. And so, let me know whether you like this format if you want me to do more of these short episodes in the future. The Novel Marketing Podcast is a production of Author Media. Audio Engineering by William Umstadt. The blog post is crafted by Shauna Lettler. And you can find that blog version at authormedia.com/three-seven-four. I'm Thomas Sumstat Jr. Saying thank you for listening, and live long and prosper.